0: You're
1: listening to the Packernet Podcast Network.
0: How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com.
2: You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been
1: trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
3: I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls? Hang up the phone! Prank caller! Prank caller! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's start with... Bramble.
1: Sorry. I'm a truther. Bye.
3: <laughs> All right. Bramble's a truther. I, I should be keeping track of these. In fact, I'm going to. There we go. I'm sure we've got more than one, but I forgot who they were. So Bramble, officially truther.
0: Ryan. Hey. Kyle from Madison, also noted internet degenerate <laughs> and denizen of the dark web, apparently. Ryan, I'm taking some strays here. I'm sorry. I'm taking dude. some strays um, about my spam photo yeah. hot take. See so You guys are all, this is exactly what my lady does. She's blaming the victim. You know, I'm just this innocent, polite, kind man who's getting harassed by these inappropriate robots. And yep. they're all just blaming the victim. So when happens it happens to you, I, you know, don't look to me for sympathy. Um, I wanted to say, and I got to be careful what I say here about Joe, the janitor, because obviously he's doling out five finger death punches with impunity. So I got to tread lightly, but I think
3: there it is. You
0: can officially put me in the denier column. Yes. Because I think we've learned that Joe, the janitor's true occupation is that of a CIA linguist. All right. All
3: right. Peace. All right, there we go. So we've got uh, we got one truther, got one denier.
4: Hey,
2: Ryan. Hey. What's up, man? It's Joe, the janitor. Joe himself from Connecticut. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. So, uh, pretty rough day. Sorry. Um, I was man. I was rocking out at the job listening to your podcast with my uh, earbuds buds on um, I tell you it really fired me up Um, Colin Coward is a real piece of work there Um, honestly the worst part about it I think about it like how does Jordan Love feel with hearing stuff like this I mean that's just so disrespectful the man literally said that we don't have a quarterback when we have a first round draft pick quarterback that is sat behind uh, legend for, 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 for three years. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, that coward guy. But yeah, your podcast got me awfully fired up. Um, uh, <clears throat> at the job site today, that millennial bastard, um, wasn't around. So, uh, I went to looking for him. So, go around a couple corners, and, uh, um, my ear, I hear him. So, you know, walk a little closer, and I overhear him talking to probably what's one of his boys. Um, and, uh, he's pretty much bragging about the fact that he makes 30 something dollars an hour and that I'm doing all the work. Uh, this is what he said to so the guy I overheard him say. That, and I got this old man here doing all the work, getting paid probably like $17 by the temp agency. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fuck, uh, I wanted to strangle this kid. Um, so, yeah, he's um, he's laughing about that. And uh, I don't find it very funny. Um uh, <laughs> And I was already all fired up from your podcast, so I, I literally um, snapped. Um, I told the kid if he ever told, called me an old man again that um, I was going to shove his head up his ass, and then I uh, bitch slapped him in the back of the head uh, pretty hard. I, I know that you know, you hit him in the back of the head, it won't leave a mark, so pretty good. A mark that you can see anyway. The hair hides are pretty good. Um, I told him him to stop running his mouth and get to work. Uh, He didn't say much. He walked away and got on the phone again.
1: Um, So I expect something to come.
3: Um, The answer to your question, I hope Jordan Love is, is angry. I hope that's how he feels about hearing stuff like that. I hope he hears stuff like that, first of all and then i hope he's angry that would be the answer to the uh the question but uh please continue
2: oh yeah so it is sorry it's ryan ryan hey. it's uh joe janitor you know, hung up on me um <laughs> pretty sure but anyway yeah uh, you got me all fired up um i mean this kid's got me fired up anyway it's like an internal flame that's I'm going to put out with my fist yeah um,
3: impunity and but
2: yeah that. told him next time it's going to be worse so uh, let's see what happens so I'll let you know and um, yeah the Bears still suck the Vikings are frauds <clears throat> and the Lions the Lions are just losers like, like pretty much the entire life of the franchise so anyway anywho chill home.
3: Shalom. I think that sums it up pretty well. Tom, what's going on, man? Hello.
1: Bonjour, Monsieur Ryan. Hi. I have a question about... Please stop. Just why when people <laughs> come you. to Green Bay
3: oh, you didn't on stop? the
1: defense, it kind of feels like their career is renewed, at least for a season. But then whenever someone comes in on the offense, it's like, oh, God, why? <laughs> why is this happening? Like what what is it about Packers defence, Packers offense that you get such wildly different results for players that come in? And that does not happen for everybody, obviously. There there's exceptions that prove the rule. Like pretty much everybody who's come to the Packers from another team that had some sort of name behind them or at least some promise, they come to the Packers, bam, boom. Wow. And then whenever someone notable from offense comes, it's like uh, oh, God. Why'd they waste money on this guy? Why'd they waste picks on this guy? It just, it boggles my mind how those two, like, if it was flipped, I don't know if it, I'd be happier. I don't know if someone came from Notable, came from the defense, and was like, oh, uh, this guy was good a season ago. What happened? And, then, like, someone on offense, it'd probably be an offensive lineman, if anything. It's like, wow, that guy's are really good but it doesn't really add much to, like, the flavor of the team, to the excitement that a lot of people care about instead of, you know, whatever that Justin Jones said about not knowing football, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of ambling right now. I don't have that much sleep in me. But offense, defense, players coming, opposite sides of the spectrum, hit it.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last time we brought in a free agent on the offensive side of the ball that really was good. Um, I'm struggling to think of anybody that was even moderately good. There was that one, like, 35-year-old offensive lineman uh, we brought in. Heck was that guy's name? I can't remember. He was okay. But I can't remember, like... Now, we brought in Zadarius, and he was, like, the top pass rusher in football. Right, One of the top, top five for sure. Preston came in, and he at least has been good to very good, depending on the year. Adequate to to quite good, I guess. I don't know. Um, Razul, massively exceeds expectations, was a top corner. And then uh, Devondre Campbell, really not a very good football player, comes in and was the number one linebacker, depending on what metric you're looking at. What's the closest example to that we've had on the offense? Do you remember all those tight ends we brought in? My goodness, it was every year we're bringing in guys. Martellus and all that stuff. It was awful. Sammy Watkins, awful. And we look at it, well, they're not super good, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Who did we bring in on defense that was already elite? Zadarius wasn't. Preston wasn't. Campbell wasn't. Razul wasn't. None of them came into this team already dominant. Zadarius so had a lot of promise, but he was a rotational guy. He was like the number three or four on that defense. Who has even come in and just been, like you said, like I'm glad they showed up? I can't remember anyone at all. And you could just chalk it up to, you know, coincidence. You know, if you're dealing with, let's say, 10 people, five on defense, five on offense, and, you know, only three of them are good and they all happen to be on defense. It's possible that that's just, you know, luck of the draw. But I do wonder if it's just a different dynamic. And the one thing that stands out would be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know exactly how it works, but obviously if you go into the defense, you come into this saying, I got to make a name for myself. And I just wonder if, for example, Sammy Watkins comes in and thinks, man, Aaron Rodgers is really going to change my career. Finally, I get to work with a guy like Rodgers, who's just this elite guy. It's going to be great. Not realizing that that's not at all how that works. I don't know, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but I'm, I'm just wondering if people come into the offense and it's like, well, this thing just kind of runs itself, I don't have to do much. And on defense, I don't know, people feel like they have to try hard, take it seriously. I, I I don't know, I'm not sure. But it would be nice if one of these days we can go out and get a free agent on offense and they're very good. And you know what's going to happen as soon as we do that? Why oh, couldn't you have done that with Rodgers? Well, we tried, nobody was good. <laughs> they all came in and sucked. In most cases, they came in and got worse. Even Sammy Watkins was way worse than he was the year before in Baltimore. Everybody that comes here is worse on offense. I don't know; it's a good observation. I'll give you that.
1: Hola, Senor Hi. Ryan. <laughs> Jeez. Um, So there's a movie I wanted you to watch. It's called Dog Soldiers. I don't know if you've seen it. I might have nope. brought it up a long time ago. Maybe. Um, however, I think it's able to purchase digitally, um, and I would be willing to do that for you. You gotta wait about like five months
3: yeah i'll that's put fine. four
1: dollars aside for about five months that way it's about twenty dollars i think is what the cost is i could be wrong i got it when it first came back out i don't know if it's season's still available but it's
3: it's a it's a fun movie this it is free it's on a Tubi. Dumb, fun
1: movie think like let's see a british take on this might be
3: loud you'll be all right uh, i
1: don't want to spoil it But
3: you'll probably look at
1: it, review it, and try to get... It's kind of like a British take on From Dusk Till Dawn, except it's a lot faster pace, and there's shifts that happen in the middle. It's not as glaring as From Dust Till Dawn, where you know kind of what you're dealing with early on, like very early on, like first scene, but but then after the first scene, it kind of takes itself in a different direction, and then it comes back together in the end. Great movie, I love it. It's fun. You go into it with look look it through the eyes of. I hope to have fun with this movie. All right. And who knows? Like it's a British film, so the humor might not land a hundred percent with you. Because I know there's a couple of things that went over my head the first time I watched it, but it's been a movie that has stuck with me ever since I was a kid. Okay. Which is a tendency if you listen to any of my podcasts episodes i just can't stop talking about things from my childhood that affect me today anyway not to get on i got off topic there. but yeah i'm gonna set some, some side money for you to you're buy good. it for you we got it so that way
4: you don't have to purchase stuff so it's
3: good.
4: like a gift all
3: right bye yep you're welcome um what was that movie somebody recommended recently because i watched it and i don't remember what it's called and there's no point in me even reviewing it now, because I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember who called in and recommended it, but I spent I spent two hours watching the freaking movie. And I can't for the life of me figure out, even to this moment, if they were calling it in as like a joke, because it's such an absurd, bad movie, or if it's legitimately like this is a classic kind of thing. Because it it, it I could actually see it being both. It's so... Like I don't want to say ridiculous, but I I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I could see it being a like I saw it once and it was so bad and I thought it'd be funny to recommend it to you. And I could also see it as like this was a classic back in the day when it came out. Um, but it was some people whose plane got stranded. Not I mean it was like a seaplane, so they landed, but they were on an island. They couldn't fix it, whatever. And there's people on the island and they're freaking crazy. And of course they're sociopathic, uh, serial killing murderers and whatnot. And so that was the thing. Um, it wasn't terrible to whoever it was, that to the one person I'm talking to that hopefully is listening. Definitely wouldn't want to watch it again, probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but it wasn't bad. It, it, was, it was very, like, as far as quote-unquote horror movies go, had much more of a, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess, kind of vibe, you know? Not so much scary like ghosts and monsters and stuff, but more just like freaking crazy people. Deliverance. Maybe, kind of that, that whole thing. Anyways, we won't spend too much time because, again, that was just one person.
2: Hey, Ryan. Hey. I'm sitting here listening to the podcast in which you're talking about calling Cowherd and yeah. the headlines and everything. And um, So while I'm listening to this, all I've had today was like one little plate of sushi sure. and like about three, four beers.
3: So you're hungry um, and drunk.
2: So... My alcohol content might be a little high, so like I got that whole Matt Ramage uh, kind of thing going on. Yeah. You know, I'm not a little buzzed up, you know. Not going to Kind of like that whole thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what I have to say in response to Colin Cowherd is how dare Jordan Love go out there against Philly and show that he's pretty good, right? Yeah. And then flat, and then and then he has the audacity to become a better quarterback. Beyond that,
3: yeah, it's crazy.
2: He has the audacity to become a good quarterback. Yep. By taking strides.
3: Yep, getting better than last year. Oh my goodness! That's how you know he sucks.
2: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers never took strides. No. <laughs> the audacity of Jordan Love. I think
3: it's re- he came out of his mother's womb with an MVP.
2: Ridiculous. I'm talking about Colin Cowherd as being ridiculous, not Jordan Love. Yeah, to oh, because I that's it. great, and he already looked pretty good. Anyways, here I am. I'm also kind of watching, like the post mini camp pressers and practices and everything, and it's it's so awesome to see all of the players getting so hot, like falling in behind Jordan Love and just yeah treating him like a leader and just it, like pumping up his confidence. It goes back to last season. Like you know when Devondre Campbell and Dallin Levitt were like step into his videos while he's being interviewed, Jordan Levin talking about obviously. Yeah. And so they jump into his thing and say, Yeah, he's our quarterback. He's gonna be great and everything. Yep. And now Jair Alexander is going in looking at, like Larry Boyd, jumping in, hugging Jordan Love, and being like, This is my quarterback one. This is our future. This guy's going to be great. This guy's awesome. Like, do you know how much that's going to do for Jordan Love's confidence? If he hasn't already taken strides, he's going to take them for his team. His team's going to take strides for Jordan Love. But. Colin Cowards over out here saying, "How dare he take strides? Why does he not plateau at being just a middle-of-the-road quarterback? We know nothing about." <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, I'm gonna go get more food, so kind of <laughs> balance out the beers that I've had. All good, man. Sounds like a good idea.
3: Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I mean the the thing I keep coming back to is PJ Walker. The quarterback that took over in carolina right carolina the most trash team that's ever existed in the history of the universe i don't remember if it was this past year or the year before it doesn't matter but the point is pj walker comes in and it's just a big giant lol can't believe this freaking bum is going to come in here, and they're going to get even worse. Can you imagine a worse version of the Carolina Panthers? And they went out and won the game. I don't remember who they played. Doesn't matter. No expectation of them winning. And after the game, you just see these guys cheering P.J. Walker like you wouldn't believe. The point is, though, the team rallied behind the guy. They heard all the nonsense, but they didn't care. They believed in P.J. Walker. They played for him. They rallied around him. P.J. played for them. It's a big deal. It matters. Now, at the end of the day, P.J. Walker's never going to be an elite football player, so Jordan Love has to be at least a certain level of good. But it's it's two separate things. It's how much better a football team is when you have that dynamic, and then there's how good is Jordan Love. We have one of those two components right now, and that is awesome. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. Please check the pinned post on Twitter and the Facebook group. If you'd like to support our um, GoFundMe, fellow Packer fans, family is in serious need of help. They've been through a very traumatic situation, and if you're able to help, that would be greatly appreciated. We now have 69 donors and are just $120 away from $6,000. So please consider giving if you can. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Ah, uh, hmm.
4: What's going on? Ryan, this is from Alabama. Hey. Uh, Just calling in, man, I am getting sick and tired of, I guess, mainstream sports media. They're getting on my nerves. What is going on with all this Chicago Bears hype? I don't know. I'm watching ESPN. I can't remember if it was NFL. It was one of these shows. I don't remember exactly what show it was, but they were going over the NFC North, of course, and they projected the Chicago Trash Bears to win the division. Like, how do you even get to? How do you get to that?
3: I- so, so here's. Here's what I think is happening. And again, it all just comes down to the narratives. The Packers are going to be terrible because Aaron Rodgers is the only good thing about this team and he just left. Therefore, we're trash. The The narrative for the Bears right now, and this isn't what everybody thinks, obviously not here, um, but also I've been seeing a few other places where they're like, ah, I don't think this is going to be a thing. Um, we'll get to that. The narrative for Chicago, though, is Justin Fields is a legit threat. They just needed to get him some pieces. They got him some pieces. Therefore, this is going to be a new scary team. Now, this is very surface-level s- stupid nonsense because, number one, a lot of the issues that dealt with, with uh, jo- uh, Justin Fields had nothing to do with weapons. Like, it, Go and watch one of the things that I, I will tell you now. Um, I had mentioned on youtube kurt warner's got a show where he breaks down quarterback play and i had said i don't really like listening to guys like kurt because they're usually very friendly to quarterbacks and he is he's he's very friendly to quarterbacks but not all the time and when i watched the jordan love thing he was very complimentary but i didn't really dig too much into it because i'm like yeah he's always complimentary but like i said i went back and watched what he said about justin fields last year he was not nice He just finished part two, and I didn't want to say anything until part two was released because I thought, well, maybe part one was a little negative, part two will be better. It wasn't. I don't think he said a single good thing about a single pass from Justin Fields. Not one. Now, he would add a couple relatively positive twists to each throw, but every single throw was negative. It wasn't like some throws are good, some throws are bad. None of that. It was every single throw that he broke down, it was negative. It was either... I want you to get the ball out quicker, which was most of the time. You're not looking in the right spots. Or there's accuracy issues. And hilariously, he broke down a game against the Bills. And if you look in the comments section, Bears fans are like, It was 11 degrees, and even Josh Allen was bad in that game, you idiot. Here's the problem. 90% of the critiques had nothing to do with accuracy. It was timing, processing, and a lot of times footwork. And the times in which there was accuracy issues... It wasn't just, I don't know why this one just got away from him. No, his footwork is trash. His feet are pointed to the sideline when he's throwing at like a, a 45 degree angle. And so he's not just saying, I don't know, it got away from him. And you say, well, that's probably because of the cold. His hands are cold, whatever. No, he's telling you his foot, his feet are in the wrong direction. That's why it has nothing to do with the cold. And on top of that, again, did they fix the offense? No, they went backwards with their running backs. It's largely the exact same offensive line with the addition of a guard who's okay, maybe, although, again, they went out and got a center from the Green Bay Packers who was pretty good for us, and he was terrible for them. Just be- I mean, By the way, they, they've gone out and gotten a lot of pieces that were really bad for the Bears. There's no guarantee they're going to be the exact same player that they were prior to coming there. But they got a mid-guard. They have a rookie tackle, which there's absolutely no guarantees about rookies. He might be great, but I don't know that. I'm not sitting here saying, dude, we got an elite pass rusher in Lucas Van Ness. He's going to dominate. We got some great... We're not even talking about that. He was drafted like a pick or two later. And yet the Chicago Bears, they fixed their offensive line because of a rookie. The Packers, it's like, oh boy, when is Rashawn coming back? Because we might be in trouble. As though Lucas Van Ness doesn't exist. And then DJ Moore, way overhyped. He's talked about like he's a top 10 receiver. He's not. He's a top 35 receiver. And none of this even touches the fact that they have an abysmal defense. Terrible. But again, the narratives are very shallow and very stupid and very just shorthand, which, to be fair, there's nothing wrong with shorthand when you're a national media guy because, number one, you're covering 32 teams, and some of these guys are covering 30 team, 32 teams in the NFL, 30 teams in the NBA, or however, however many teams there are, and then baseball and all this stuff that you're trying to get, and college basketball and college football and women's stuff golf i don't know and so you use a little bit of shorthand but on top of that if you if you get a little bit of some hot takey it doesn't matter so none of this stuff matters but it's so surface level and shallow but that's it right it's just a matter of you got to figure out what the narrative is for your team and unfortunately that's it the bears narrative is the reason that they struggled the reason justin Fields struggled the only reason is because he didn't have an offensive line not true and he didn't have any weapons now he has weapons, not really, exact same guys with the with the addition of maybe a number 1 wide receiver and nearly identical offensive line with the addition of I shouldn't say identical. Tevin is going to be long-term left guard, I think, but he sucks at pass blocking. Great run blocker, not a good pass blocker. And then a rookie and then a, a an, an okay guard. But that's it. Like so so they had all these issues, they fixed the issues. Now you better look out. Electrifying Packers narrative front office Coach, everybody, pure track. Aaron Rodgers is dragging as hard as he possibly can. And even with Aaron Rodgers, they couldn't get into the playoffs. Now without him, they're doomed. Because again, we're too stupid to be able to comprehend that just because his name is Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean that he's an MVP caliber player every single year. And so pretending that this was 2020 Rodgers and then we missed the playoffs and now that he's gone, it's going to be way worse. Listen, if he was 2020 Rodgers and we had missed the playoffs, yeah, I'd be nervous too. The fact of the matter is, Rodgers was a major problem for our team, It was a big part of the reason we were as bad as we were. I know you know all this. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ranting. I should let you get back to your thing here.
4: I, I, don't, I don't understand. How do you get to that? Because their, uh, their logic is, oh well, all the uh, additions this year and Justin Fields should right. take the next step and blah 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 blah.
3: And I, dude, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, but. I, 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 for the life of me, don't understand why we all are just expected to to believe that Justin Fields just has to take a step. Why is he the he? I think he's the only player in the NFL. Who's the other player? Name one other player that's been bad for two years that we all basically just know is going to be good this year. Doesn't have to be exactly two. That narrows it too much. Who was terrible last year or has been bad for two, three, four, five? Doesn't matter. Never been good in the NFL before, and we know he's going to be good this year. Name one. It's Justin Fields. He's the only one. There's nobody else. Again, I think if, if you had to tell me, name a quarterback that's going to break out this year, I'm telling you, Kenny Pickett. And by breakout, I mean he wasn't great, and he's going to burst onto the scene. I'm not excluding Jordan Love. We'll see what he can do. He has, he has to set his baseline this year. My my pick is Kenny Pickett. I think he... he as I was poking through quarterbacks there were a couple stats that stood out to me and I think he came on strong at the end and I think he's got some talent, he's got the defense, he's got pickings, as long as he can keep his, you know, emotions in check and not go full on Pittsburgh Steelers psychopath. If I had to pick, he'd be my pick. Nobody cares about Kenny Pickett. Nobody talks about Kenny Pickett. I forget that the guy even exists. We're not even allowed to say that Christian Watson's gonna have a big year. Oh, come on. <laughs> We can't talk about Jordan Love. We haven't even seen him be bad as a starting quarterback in the NFL because he's never been the starting quarterback in the NFL before. He had one start, which was sprung on him last second, mid season. I'm talking about the entire season he is prepared and ready to go into the season. That's never happened. But even that it's like ah, uh, we can't really expect, you know, temper our expectations, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Why? We <laughs> I had to I don't... It doesn't make any sense. But Justin Fields can run, and boy, that gets people all tingly in their tingly bits. i tell you what.
4: Uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay, so the vision, is, the vision won't right. be there. They actually got us last in this, by the way. It was Chicago first, yep. then Minnesota, then Detroit, then Green Bay. So we're basically the cellar dwellers of the NFC North. How I have no idea how they came to that. We lost a quarterback (laughs) and two wide receivers and a tight end that really didn't produce very well last year.
3: Yeah, and, and again, we lost a quarterback, and depending on what metric you're looking at, you know, again, I think PFF is the only one that had him like top 10, and I think he was 10th. And that's in one metric. That's it. SIS had him in the 20s. DVOA, the Football Outsiders guys, they had him in the 20s, whether it's DYAR, DVOA. And the only reason I bring that up is because I know as soon as you, say the, as soon as you said those words, anybody listening to what you said would say, yeah, but the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Because, again, we just, we just get stuck with that. Forget the name for one second. As an overall grade, I'm looking at it right now, PFF ranked him 14th behind Brock Purdy his passing grade they had him 10th that is the highest metric i can i can't find him well big time throws he was quite a bit higher too he was 3rd in big time throw percentage but 15th in turnover worthy play percentage 15th in adjusted completion percentage nfl passer rating was 17th you know again i'm not going to go through the whole thing but again we just we get stuck on the name forget the name look at the player look at the stats 3600 yards 26 touchdowns 12 interceptions and so again you say, yeah, you go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, you should expect to go backwards. Not necessarily. Again, forget the name. You're looking at Jordan Love. What is the statistic that that Aaron Rodgers produced that you think is out of reach for Jordan Love? What's the, what's the statistic? You think 3,600 yards is completely out of reach? 26 touchdowns is, is unachievable? 12 interceptions? What can't he do here? I'm, I'm, I mean, he didn't replace 6,000 yards that Pat Mahomes put out and the 48 touchdowns. If, 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 if he was replacing Pat Mahomes, no, I wouldn't expect him to reach that mark. 92 PFF grade, 90 passing grade, 90 rushing grade. I wouldn't exactly have high expectations, but I, I, I don't know what the one thing is that Aaron Rodgers did that I'm looking at going, come on, guys, you guys are being ridiculous if you think Jordan Love can do that. Tell me one thing because I don't know what it is. A 91 passer rating? I think it's doable. Taylor Heineke had a had an 89.6. He was the next lowest. Daniel Jones had a 92.
4: Still have pretty much all our defense intact. Still pretty much have our offensive line intact. We still have our running back tandem intact. But we're going to be the, the worst team in the division? I, I'm just, I'm over it, bro. I'm, I'm so over it and I'm so ready for the season to start. Me too. And I really hope from what I've been seeing on clips of 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 the minicam and the OTAs that have been going on it looks promising I know it's early but I really hope Jordan Love can just put it together and be a top 15 quarterback so they can just they can just shut everybody the hell up like It's getting out of hand. It's getting ridiculous, man. Chicago, really? I can see you saying Minnesota because they won last year. I can even see you saying Detroit because they look like they're improving, even though they didn't get better or they didn't get worse, in my opinion. But us to be last? on, man. Like, ah. It it just just irks me, bro. (laughs) It just irks me. And I had to think real quick, man. Anyway, go back, go, and I'll talk to you later.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to be an absolute nervous wreck week one. I'm just, (laughs) I don't, I wonder if Bears fans are going to be. I I know there's going to be a part of them that's like, man, you better not. But they seem so confident. They seem, first of all, unbelievably confident that the Packers team is going to be trash. And very confident that Justin Fields is going to be absolutely elite. I'm not necessarily confident in week one. I'm hopeful. I know what the ceiling is, but I also know how bad it could be. And I'm I'm legitimately scared. You know, I mean, if, if, if Jordan Love is that sort of inconsistent guy that I'm I'm worried about, it it becomes that thing where, you know, he's kind of driving down the field, but then you got the bad throw. And then, you know, okay, we come back out next time, and he throws a pick, and it's like, oh, come on, man, don't do this. You know, you see the nice passes, but then you just got these consistent, like, what are you doing? Which I understand is what a lot of teams have to deal with who aren't, you know, haven't been watching Aaron Rodgers for 15 years, last season excluded. But man, I, I don't think I could think of anything better than coming out and just lighting up the bears. I, I don't think you understand. I'm going to do a five hour podcast <laughs> if we beat the bears and handily to where Justin Fields looks like garbage and Jordan Love looks good, and we beat him by, let's say, I don't know, two scores. I am going to spend I, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be up all day, all night, finding every clip, every tweet, every freaking article. Every big mouth, frickin' know-it-all, bloviating lowlife who had some nonsense comment, and we are just going to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And we're going to do it all week. Be like, yeah, yeah, so here's a couple PFF grades. Anyways, back to laughing, because cause I'm, I'm with you, man. It's getting exhausting. That's That's the thing. It's just, it's really just getting tiring. And it, it you know... Look, if you want to talk about things that make sense, if you want to look at it and say, you know, hey, the safeties are a little rough, it's like, yeah, dude, for real. I get that. You know, I don't know what they're going to get out of uh, Quay. Yeah, I don't know. We're not sure what Jordan Love has. Yeah, that's true. We're not sure what we got outside of uh, Watson and even that, you know, we're not 100, 100- yeah, 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 I'm with you. But but they're not saying things that we can all, even as Packer fans, look at and go, yeah, that's fair. They're not doing that. They're saying nonsense, like, well, you went from Rodgers to Love, so now you're going to suck. Like, wh- what? <laughs> You mean the worst possible version of Rogers? And you also have no idea what love is? So what, what is the point you're trying to make right now? Because I don't get it.
0: Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Hey. How you doing? Good. Good, good. All right, so I got this theory. Maybe it's not like revolutionary or anything, but right. this is kind of how it goes. I am enjoying very much right now. Uh, everybody... Outside of the Green Bay Packers bubble, who doesn't know anything or who's just being lazy with their takes, like you've said a hundred times, you know, the layman from Las Vegas sees the team minus Aaron Rodgers and just says, oh, well, they're going to be terrible, right? right? Outside of those people, though, um, I've I really enjoyed that, I guess is what I'm saying. I've enjoyed us being underdogs for once, I've enjoyed everybody sleeping on us. But here's my theory. I really think we've seen these little cottage industries spring up on social media. I I would say like 80% of them are the haters that cater to like all of the rivals that can't wait and hope so much and are wish casting that the Packers are finally terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'd say like 20, 25% is the, you know, Jordan Love is the next Hall of Famer cottage industry on YouTube. But in the national media, I think what you're going to see now, as we get closer to the season, is kind of a switch in at least the national narrative surrounding the Packers. And I don't think it's going to be totally genuine, but I think that the contrarian view is rewarded, as we know with these sensationalist shows. So whether it's genuine or not, I do think that the hot takes are going to switch to the contrarian view. And I don't know that I'm like happy about that. So maybe I'll be wrong, but as we get closer and people start looking at the same old lions and the same old bears and the Vikings, like, and really actually take a look at these teams, like you can't, I mean, we've all come to this conclusion. You can't tell me if Jordan, if Jordan love just plays decent, that the Packers aren't right in it. And I think a lot of people are going to come to that conclusion conclusion genuinely and a lot of others are just going to do it to get the clicks but i wonder what you thought about that all right
3: well i don't think it'll be a hard switch i think we're kind of established where we're at you know people have have made their taken their stance and this is what it is i don't think Colin coward is going to change he'll change if if you know the the packers come out and start winning and all that and justin fields looks terrible um he'll come out and, and act like he knew this all along was going to happen but I do think there might be a little bit of a groundswell. You're you're seeing it already. For example, like the, I mean, they're all pure clickbait on YouTube, but like the, the Packers are going to shock the world kind of thing. A bunch of those started popping up, and they're getting a ton of views, and now everybody's doing it. I should do it if I was smart, but I'm just, I don't feel like it. But yeah, I mean, it's just, there are, I think what it is, whether it's contrarian or not, is you've got a lot of people that are just kind of quiet, right? they They don't necessarily see it. And then after a while, they start to find their voice, and as more people start to say it, other people start to say it. And then you've got just the, the fair-weather people who don't really give a crap. They'll jump on that side of the bandwagon just because it's becoming sort of a popular narrative, maybe if it even gets that big of a narrative. But again, I, I've just been watching a couple videos, and it's all negative toward the Bears and Justin Fields and positive toward the Packers, right? I mean, we, we've seen, I mean, everybody that is that I've seen that has done a film breakdown of Jordan Love, as far as I can tell, has been very positive. I haven't seen anybody really break down Justin Fields, aside from some biased Bears fans who are like, he's super fast, and if you just get some help, right? There's no actual anything breakdown. Like, here's a highlight, here's a highlight. People still do that with... uh, Somebody just came out with a video with um, Aaron Rodgers doing the same thing, talking about how Christian Watson's production might... Sorry, I think it was thirty thirteen. They're like, his his production Christian Watson's production might fall off because he had Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers was what did he call him? A uh a the heck are those things that launch the freaking footballs? A jugs he's just a jugs machine back there. He's got that elite deep ball accuracy. Well he didn't. Right? He didn't even bother to look it up, which is so embarrassing. Like I if I'm gonna say something on this podcast, I'm gonna look. I mean, I understand if it's live and you're kind of, but but even then you'd say, I you know, I don't know, I'd he's known for, or throw in some kind of a, a language like that. But I'm going to pause the podcast, I'm going to look at the stats, and I'm going to find out Rogers really wasn't all that accurate on deep passes. Now, SIS is significantly better than PFF to to really nail down some of these statistics, but if you just look at the PFF grades on passes 20 yards or deeper, he ranked 25th in the NFL. Adjusted completion percentage, which is a pretty solid metric because it's completion percentage, but it doesn't count like if the player drops it or whatever. So it's, it's really just an accuracy metric. 39%. 25th out of 36. So you've got yeah, 33rd team putting out a video saying Christian Watson might suffer because Aaron Rodgers is some kind of an elite deep ball thrower without even looking it up. He's not. He was one of the worst deep ball throwers. Passer rating, 25th, right? And again, if I man, I'm so close to begging you guys for SIS again, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I really miss it. Actually, they do have some metrics that you can look at here. Um, so if you look up Aaron Rodgers, for example, they have IQR, which is like their proprietary passer rating thing. The lowest he's ever had on deep passes as an IQR was an 87. This year was a 79. So 2021 was a 94 and 2020 was a 117. It was bad. But again, the point is, the more people start to see stuff like that, and the more they start to compare it to what they're seeing and what makes sense, and the more, like, the data-driven people start to speak up, the more you're going to start to hear different things. And, the, and a couple things. Number one, the data people aren't the loudest. They're not the ones anyone listens to. Nobody listens to the data people. They're, they're not the ones on NFL Network and ESPN and all that stuff. They're They're not. Number two, the data people are slower because they actually take their time to learn things, to be able to formulate proper opinions. There's a process. How would I go about figuring this out and then figuring out what to do and then running the numbers and then doing all those kinds of things? And number three, they're probably less likely to put their opinion out there because they're going to get their head bit off. Because by the time they come around, everybody already knows. Everybody knows. Come on, man. Everybody knows. So so there's like a sheepishness to come out and... and be against the grain but there does tend to be a bit of a snowball effect like there's somebody comes out and it's like oh that's the craziest thing i've ever heard and then somebody else and then somebody else but overall i don't think it's going to do like a 180 and i, and I agree i hope it doesn't i kind of like the underdog thing i'd be much more nervous if there was a ton of hype like dude jordan love is going to be elite and all i'm just like all right let's uh go ahead and pump the brakes here a little bit i haven't seen anything yet
5: hey y'all this is that in Tennessee. that Man, it's, it's currently June 15th and this is, I guess, the last day of mandatory mini camp. And I was thinking, man, it's going to be so long before we hear really anything about football. And then of course I start listening to your podcast, Ryan, and you're like, Hey, we're about to be in the deep sunlightless portion of the ocean. and uh, Yeah. And it was sad. It made me sad. Okay. Not at all. So then I started, you know, thinking about, um, you know, all the, the the offense, right? Because that's the thing that we're – we don't know much about defense because the defense is just unpredictable at the moment. Uh, but we know less about the offense, and I'm so excited about the possibilities. And, man, it's even popping up in my head. Bo Melton can do something. Maliki can do something. shoot, think about Musgrave and how fast he is and – we, we will hopefully introduce more motion, maybe, maybe, maybe to the level of 2000 and, or uh, 2020. Yeah, that one, where we had Swerving Irvin himself, the man with the best nickname that I've ever actively seen play <laughs> a football game, Well, wasn't isn't even that good. But I, you know, I'm raising him up on a pedestal in my mind because when he was out there motioning, doing stuff, moving. And the, the defense is going against us. We're focusing on him or somebody else. And the ball just ends up somewhere the, the opposing defense doesn't expect and I don't expect it. I'm trying to follow that thing and I just, I don't know, man. I'm sitting here tweaking. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm just really excited about, uh, introducing motion, the speed of the folks we got. Um, I mean, that like, what Musgrave, I mean, he doesn't,
1: well, well shoot craft
5: right? You've seen craft run. That dude is ridiculous. Like, he could run me over and I'd break apart like a Lego man. Like, it'd be ridiculous. And I want to see him start off in motion, get some steam, and run somebody over. I don't care if he has ball. I just want somebody to be put on the rear end by Tucker Kraft. I'm just so excited. And all I can do is daydream. Oh, and I need to calm down. I know a bunch of y'all are in the same boat. I just wanted to share that, man. I'm tweaking over here. Y'all have fun tweaking yourself. Peace.
3: Yeah, I think it just goes back to, again, it's it's the excitement of the unknown. You know, when when you run back the same thing every single year, you kind of know. You know, I mean, there's the upper limit. Like, I hope we reach our full potential and I hope we don't go to our, our bottom, I guess. But, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's the Wild West, man. Anything is possible. And even though that could absolutely mean something negative, it's fun because we could take it in a positive direction. As good as we were with Aaron Rodgers, we knew that we were never going to be one of these new, young, hip teams. We're never going to be the Chiefs or the Eagles. Assuming that's still a thing next year. It was a one-year thing. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, there's the teams that are just up and coming. And then there are teams just on life support trying not to die. And we were that team. But now we get a chance to be anything. Look how good the Bengals are, dude. And they still need a lot of help. A lot of help. That's a scary football team. So I get it. It's exciting. And 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 there's just... it's It's not even just the team on a macro level either. It's, it's the individual pieces. It's, it's the excitement of seeing Jordan love and wondering what the guy can be. We knew what Rogers was, right? We know, we know how good he is. There's nothing new there. Christian Watson new, right? Still relatively new in terms of what can his ceiling actually be? Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Tucker craft. I mean, this is, this is exciting stuff. And you wonder about Elton Jenkins. Full year, left guard. Let's see what it looks like. Not right tackle, left guard. All year, healthy. Josh Myers talked about it yesterday on the podcast. What he could possibly be in year three. Took a step in year two. Can he take another step in year three? Zach Tom. All right, and then you got, I mean, Devontae Wyatt. I know it's like, well, every year you get new picks. No, not this many. We've had a lot of picks and a lot of big turnover. Devonte wyatt and quay walker and lucas van ness so i get it and i think we're all there with you are we stupid for wanting something new when we had something good maybe but the good thing's gone now you know we can piss and moan about it and cry about it or we can get excited about this very fresh looking team up to you anyways i'm gonna leave it at that you guys have a good rest of your night i'll talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye